It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Newsweek's Foreign Service. I'm Meryn Gitter. And each week we take a look at the big stories in the U.S. and what they mean for the rest of the world. Now, this week, as you can probably tell, I'm alone. Uh, my co-host Josh has abandoned us for the far more glamorous world of TV. So right now, um, it's just myself and our wonderful producer, Jordan, um, currently sat here. This week, we thought we would take a look at the problem of fake news. And it's become this sort of all-encompassing problem. Both Facebook and Google are working hard to try and stop the spread of fake news. And we heard during the run-up to the US election in particular that there were so many fake news stories being disseminated on Facebook about both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, it must be said. And obviously that's deeply problematic given that so many Americans use Facebook as a primary news source. In addition to to the rise of fake news, we also have the rise of more right-wing media outlets who do occasionally publish articles that show prejudice and sometimes are also inaccurate. So we seem to be living in a world where the media and the news we're we're being offered um, can often be inaccurate, it can be misleading, and that's really worrying for, for readers worldwide. I don't want to waffle on for too long because we've got two truly amazing guests here with us in the studio, so I'll let them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Owen Jones. I am a Guardian columnist, writer, rambling idiot. (laughs) I'm Hadley Freeman, also a Guardian writer and token American. Let's start by discussing, you know, the big question, which is fake news and how big of a problem is it? And I just wanted to start by um, playing this clip. So this is from MSNBC News, and it's about a story that I think all of us will probably remember. Police say a 28-year-old gunman entered Comet Ping Pong and fired off an assault rifle. The shooter claims he was investigating the so-called Pizzagate story. So this is that that sort of mad conspiracy theory that Hillary Clinton and John Podesta were running a sex ring in the basement of a pizza restaurant that doesn't actually have a basement. But, you know, this guy believed it enough to go in with an assault rifle and no one was hurt. But does that kind of indicate that fake news has got out of control? I think you know that fake news has gotten out of control by the fact Donald Trump has been elected, to be honest. I mean, the number of ridiculous stories on sites like Breitbart and other peddlers of so-called fake news um, really took hold of people. There was a segment on CNN recently in which they got a bunch of people from the public and there was this one woman saying, you know, it is a law in California that illegal aliens can vote. Three million illegal citizens voted 
um, in California. And they went, where did you get that story? And she said, oh, I think it was CNN. It was on the media somewhere. It was on the media. And because people just conflate, you know, people who don't read the news a lot, who aren't, you know, quote unquote, sophisticated news consumers, whatever the hell that means even, um, don't really differentiate between what's on Breitbart, what's on CNN, what's on MSNBC, wherever. Um, and recent, more recently, we had an even more terrifying story where that Pakistan believed this fake news story that Israel wanted to launch nuclear weapons at them. And then Pakistan, the Pakistani defense minister was tweeting Israel about this. Um, but <laughs> Diplomacy via Twitter. Which right. is how it now happens, given you know Trump, how Trump conducts his policies. Uh, but I do think we should say, I think I want to say first is that the term fake news just doesn't really work. I mean, these are just lies. We don't need to like cover this up. And the right have already co-opted the term fake news. I mean, I'm sure anyone who's been on Twitter recently, if I put up an article from my own paper, The Guardian, or from The New York Times, or from any you know, so, so-called liberal paper, you know, Washington Post, I get these people tweeting back at me going, this is fake news. This is fake news. Um, because it's not news I want to believe. What you have to say is just news that is literally lies. And that, that's what it really is. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I mean, I think what so-called fake news or, or lies, mm. as the old-fashioned people might call it, <laughs> uh, what they, um, I mean, it's, 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 I think very polarized societies clashing with the Wild West of social media in that, you know, I don't think social media has caused the deep divisions that exist now in Britain, Brexit and all the rest across Europe, the rise of the populist right, and of course, in, in Trump's America, which is about to be born, uh, obviously exacerbates and amplifies them. But what fake news does, so-called fake news, is it's propaganda that plays into uh, the existing prejudices of one side in a very polarised society. Uh, so people, you know, with Hillary Clinton on one side, would believe, would basically believe anything, that she's a mass... Well, she, I was going to joke about her being a serial killer, but there is actually, that mm-hmm. is one... A very long-standing oh, yeah, story yeah, yeah. about being a serial, being a, a, a serial killer. So, you know, I mean, it, it literally is, it, it plays into that. And, it, it, you know, when you've got these very polarised societies, I would do as a caveat, though, this sense, I think, of so-called fake news being a new thing, because it is a problem, but I think, as someone who works in mainstream media, the mainstream media does have to take responsibility 
uh, in the sense of, look, in, in the miners' strike in 1984, when the miners were charged at by the police, Liberty, the human rights organisation, called it a, a police riot, the police ended up having to pay, uh, you know, had to pay compensation to the miners. But the BBC put the tape in the wrong direction. They've still not apologised for that, to make it look like the miners had charged at the police. Equally, one of the most famous examples of, if you like, fake news was Hillsborough, when the Sun newspaper, the biggest newspaper in the country, smeared falsely, based on lies... Uh, the dead Liverpool fans and obviously that contributed to a massive miscarriage of justice. So I think we just need to be consistent, you know, whether it be news about fake news in the mainstream media about refugees, about immigrants, Muslims. I've spoke to, you know, take Richard Pepia, he was at the Daily Star, a very brave journalist who resigned and told about the pressure put on him by editors to literally make things up about Muslims. So I think, yes, let's take, you know, hold to account, you know, these bloggers, these hateful sites, not just on the right, you've got left-wing websites as well that uh, push uh, deliberate fake news. But I think also we need to hold the mainstream media to account more. But that's the thing, though. Fake news or, or lies, I mean, it's really increased in number recently, surely. I mean, because you now have, as, as you kind of mentioned, Owen, websites dedicated to disseminating fake news. And can we link that to Trump? Can we say that Trump's rise really saw these, uh, particularly the right-wing sites, spring up? Because I'm just trying to work out when did this become such an overwhelming problem, you know, where you've got people on Facebook. I think BuzzFeed did an investigation into yeah, this. Yeah, some Macedonian teenagers all churning out pro-Trump, anti-Clinton anti stories. Yeah, and yeah. just the, the sheer amount of it that was, on, that was on Facebook, which is now a lot of people's main yeah. sort of news source. Yeah, well, certainly we all know uh, you know, this is an open acknowledgement, except from Donald Trump himself, that Russia was pushing for Trump's election. And they had these, you know, these Russian bots, these bloggers, these Macedonian teenagers churning out these stories on ridiculous sites that Hillary Clinton is a sex fiend, that Hillary Clinton is a sex pest, that Hillary Clinton is a mass murderer, blah, 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 blah. So yes, it's become much more numerous. You know, as Owen says, there have been ridiculous, crappy, fake lies in the news for decades. This is not a new thing. I would say it's mainly in the it's been mainly in the tabloids rather than the broadsheets. The broadsheets t generally, hopefully, have a few more checks and balances, I hope, than the tabloids. I don't know always, but certainly in the main. But we've all seen lies in the sun and stuff like that. It's been, you know, it's, I'm not saying this is just a Breitbart thing, but Breitbart has made it much more numerous and it's made it much more accessible to more people because, like you say, it's all on Facebook, it's all free, it's online. People who don't normally buy a newspaper with their coffee in the morning will just have it on their phone as soon as they pick it up when they wake up. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think, though, I mean, if we look at Trump, the phenomenon of Trump, you know, Republicans and their media surrogates have for such a long time fanned hatred and prejudice about immigrants and, and Muslims, and they've helped rear a monster, which uh, now obviously is the president-elect and seems to be the most powerful person on earth. But, you know, I mean, Fox News, what was their famous strap line? Fair and balanced. And, you know, in obviously in the United States, you don't have the rules on, on broadcast news, which we have, so you're allowed to have opinion and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, you know, Fox News for a very long time has clearly indulged and, uh, you know, indulged myths and lies uh, and, and incited, I, I would argue, hatred against minorities in the United States. So what we're just saying is an escalation of this. I think it's just been taken onto a whole new level because it, it, this is something which hasn't come from nowhere. That's why, look, in this country, and sometimes people like me on the left treat the media as a crutch. You know, we fail to convince the rest of the population, ooh, the MSM are brainwashing all the 
sheeple or whatever. And people are capable of making their own decisions and conclusions, and you shouldn't just say the media are responsible. But in this country, people think there are uh, that benefit fraud is, what, 25 times higher than it actually is? They think uh, benefits are far higher than they are. They think there are far more immigrants and Muslims than there actually are. They think there's 20 times more teenage pregnancy than there are. I would argue that has a lot to do with a mainstream media, often, which doesn't challenge myths, but often spreads them. And the irony in this country is I've always liked being here. One of the main reasons I like being here is because, you know, the media feels a bit more calm and balanced compared to in America when you watch cable news and it's just people screaming at you from both sides of the spectrum in an incredibly biased way. But the problem is here that we saw during the whole Brexit campaign in that, the, you know, BBC feels it has to be so balanced that they'll present both sides of an equation as though they're equally true. So, for example, climate change, you'll get someone who says, yes, climate change is happening and it's man-made. And you'll get someone else on the Today program going, no, it's a complete myth. You know, it could be just Jeremy Corbyn's brother, for example, arguing, no, it's a total myth. Um, and you'll get the same with Brexit. You know, is this actually, will this actually benefit the country? Oh, yes, actually, you know, we'll have £350 million more per week for the NHS. And there was no, no one taking a stand, no one saying there is an objective truth. And in America, that almost goes, that goes way too far. People go, there is an objective truth. Hillary Clinton is a sex murderer. Um, <laughs> sex murderer. Whereas here, I think that's what um, the German, German newspapers called Donald Trump, ein sex monster, ein sex monster. <laughs> Um, whereas here, it'll be like, oh, you know, Brexit, you know, there's equal two sides. Oh, climate change, there's equal two sides. So I think both sides can admit there's, there is a gen there's a genuine objective truth. That's exactly it. False, uh, a false balance, which then gives what is fake, a, a fake perspective or a wrong perspective. Uh, you know, and also, like I mean, the way Nigel Farage gets, you know, asked to be on every single news panel show, as far as I can tell, and in this country, every single week, you know, the way he's on Question Time every week, that is giving a platform to his views, which have been disproven and which he's also since denied. I mean, that's another way of spreading fake news. I do think there can be objective checks and balances. But I mean, I think as journalists, as relatively liberal journalists, it can feel a bit like you're drowning because, I mean, I'm obviously a bit younger than you guys. We no. won't say how many years. faces in it. But, 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 but you know, obviously, as, as young journalists, you know, we're encouraged to write a lot and produce a lot. And there's a risk there sometimes in accidentally falling for fake news or coming across something and it turns out not to be true. So there's that problem. But also this feeling sometimes of just drowning in fake news. Like, how do you counter it? And because I think, Hadley, you mentioned it, you can post something that's completely accurate and is relatively liberal. And then people just accuse you of having made it up. So, I mean, what do you do as, as journalists to deal with all of this? Well, which, oh, to deal with people yelling at you for writing liberal stories or to deal with how do you judge what's an actual news story and what well, isn't? Well, I mean, you can pick, pick either point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to judge what's an actual news story and what isn't, I mean, to take an example from our own paper, um, I saw something last week when obviously there were many journalists around um, and, you know, they need to fill the pages saying that they were now make Warner Brothers is making a movie of um, Aaron Banks's book, The Bad Boys of Brexit. Now... There, were no, there was no quote from Warner Brothers in this. This came entirely from Aaron Banks and the UKIP office. Now, the way to judge, is this a story, is to call up both sides and say, is this actually a story or am I just helping the PR for UKIP here? I mean, all you got to do is to have the time to check things. Now, I know with the web, people don't have time to check things always. You know, people need to post things quickly. But journalism, in order for it to be accurate, you need to devote time to it. You know, find out, is Hillary Clinton running a sex ring? Probably not. Um, is Warner Brothers making a movie about the bad boys of Brexit? I'm going to go with no. Um, so that's one way to counter it. And, that, and also the other way to, to deal with people yelling at you about it. Well, first of all, I just 
at this point. There's only so much you can deal with people on the web. I don't know. I don't know how Owen bothers to deal with the people yelling at him on Twitter. But I mean, after a while, you just have to ignore these people. Some people just really want to believe their own narrative. I rock in the fetal position dribbling. That's my <laughs> approach. Um, I mean, you could just show you could show them your evidence. Some people will believe it. Some people won't. You know, if people want to call me a libtard, which they do every single day on Twitter. Let them, you know, I'm glad they're getting their kicks. That's what the mute button is there for. Um, as long as you know that the story you're writing is true and, you've, and you can back it up, that's all that matters really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about fake news, we're talking um, lies, as we said earlier. It's, it's deliberate. That's the point. I mean, obviously, in all forms of media and journalism, obviously there are errors. There are mistakes that are made. That's just inevitable. We're all human beings and that happens. But the, the problem we've got now is the deliberate fostering of... Of, of well, the deliberate encouragement, if you like, of, of lies, of, of propaganda, which is often there to incite prejudices, to incite fear. For a political end. For political ends, which is based on, on what are deliberate falsehoods. That I mean, that's the issue. Yes, obviously, the way fake news can spread is people in good faith will often see stories and they've gone, you know, they've, they've, they're so widespread, they've been circulated so much that they just seem credible. Everyone seems to be sharing it, therefore it must be true. And those are people who are doing it in good faith. But it, it's the fact now there are people who are just malicious uh, and who know that given the way social media works, they can quickly disseminate things which are not true. I get this all the time about, I mean, it's weird you get these, you know, memes, right-wing memes. So, for example, a few months ago, I walked off Sky News. I'm not going to go into that. Um, <laughs> and the presenter got got uh, lost his job. And everyone thinks, everyone claims I got him fired. But it had nothing to do with me. Sky called. So I've got this constant, all the time, you got this normal heterosexual man with two kids He's like, Normal. no, I didn't. <laughs> and and this, that's what they did. That's what they keep saying. And then, and this was a daily, and the Daily Mail did a story going, did Owen Jones get Sky News presenter fired? And I didn't. It's just completely um, untrue. So, you know, and, and the people who were circulating it just knew that. We should, we should also, we should talk about Breitbart because I think, yeah. again, I think Hadley, you mentioned it because that is sort of a juggernaut of a news organisation and it's intensely depressing to me that Breitbart is expanding. You know, I think it's yeah. moving to France and Germany at a time when more reputable news organisations are massively contracting. And, I mean, Breitbart kind of seems to be symptomatic of all of this. It's not necessarily... Well, it's also, he's also in the government. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. he can't get more symbolic <laughs> than that. And I wanted to play a clip. So this is from Kurt Bardella, um, who used to work for Breitbart, um, basically just talking about the organisation. They represent a worldview uh, that is incredibly dangerous and divisive, and to have this kind of proximity to the White House. I mean, Breitbart's gone from being the propaganda arm of the Trump campaign to now being the propaganda arm of the federal government, essentially, in a Trump White House. And I think that should be very concerning to all Americans right now, because any day that you look at their site, uh, one, it, it's about one perspective, one agenda, and it's completely devoid of reality and facts. And rooted in bias and racial prejudice. I mean, it's kind of amazing. Um, one you know, famous Breitbart headline referred to Bill Kristol, who's a sort of well-known conservative commentator in America, as a renegade Jew. Another one, another headline you know, said, immigrants are bringing disease back to America. I mean, it's completely disgusting. People laughed when the National Enquirer was up for a Pulitzer a few years ago. I mean, this is Breitbart that's actually in the American government. He is the new Karl Rove, Steve Bannon. Most depressing, not the most depressing, but one of the more depressing elements of Steve Bannon to me is that he gets money every time 
time I watched Seinfeld. That makes me just want to throw myself in the street. He was an original investor in Seinfeld. <gasps> oh, yeah, so that's right. how he made all his money. Wow. So every time I watch Seinfeld now on Amazon Prime, giving my money as well to Jeff Bezos, I'm also giving my <laughs> money to Steve Bloody Bannon. Okay, so you need to stop watching Seinfeld. I can't. <laughs> can take the puffy Seinfeld. shirt away from me. <laughs> so, but I mean, why is Breitbart so popular? Why has it had this like meteoric rise? It's because, I mean, look, American society, like our own society in its own different ways, have, has become so unbelievably polarised, uh, where you have, you know, basically two wings of America where there is now very little common ground. Uh, and with no media common ground. They don't have a BBC there. There's no, like, central meeting space for Americans. So you have people either reading Breitbart or the New York Times. It's just two completely different world po- points of worldview. At least here, people do tend to, at least in times of need, congregate around the news at 10 or whatever on the BBC. People right. do see similar things at some point in the day. Mm. In America, there's none of that. They're completely separate. And, you know, when you get such incredible polarization one side will basically believe almost anything often about about the other side eating children or something i mean it it, it literally is when you get i mean it's the rage and anger you can see that in our own country in the aftermath of brexit the rage the anger uh on both sides in different ways actually but on on the side of you know we've got this now phenomenon of the uh of the sour winner, the winner acts <laughs> like the a loser. Winner. Yeah, yeah. And, and you get this in this country, the Ramonas and all the rest of it. And when you get that situation where an entire swathe of British society is demonised, then it's very easy to exploit that prejudice and hatred often, uh, particularly when Brexit starts going badly wrong. And then what will happen, we've already seen it anyway, is those who supported Remain are going to be sam- are scapegoated as saboteurs and wreckers. And there you can see a Breitbart-style thing in Britain, you know, the space opening up of, uh, you know, the saboteurs and wreckers who are, who are destroying our great national uh, post-Brexit revolution. And that's, I think, what Breitbart caters for. It caters for a section of American society who has nothing but contempt uh, at the moment and, and often hatred uh, for those deemed to be the liberal elite or whoever. And basically, they can fan prejudices based on what are deliberate falsehoods. And that's what this is. It's deliberate lies. It's not accidents. It's not errors that people always make in journalism. It's deliberate and it, and it works. Of course it does in that, in that context. And also Breitbart, I mean, the, you know, Trump and Brexit, it, to varying degrees, you know, we can argue about the different amount, were were motivated by people, in terms of who voted for them, people who desperately wanted change, who weren't satisfied with where they were in life for various reasons and wanted someone to blame. Now, there, you can, there are different degrees there. You can argue about that. But that's kind of where they, those movements were both rooted in. And Breitbart gives them someone to blame really easily, as does Trump. You know, it's immigrants, it's gays, it's women, it's Jews, it's this, you know, it's the minorities. Um, and the right, it, you, know, you know, people go on about the smugness of the left, and I'm you know, sure, that's true. But in terms of the far right, they are far more shameless in what the lies they're willing to peddle. They have, they, you know, conjure up far more energy. They're, they have no compunction about pushing lies. I mean, if you try to argue with any of these people who defend Trump or Brexit on Twitter, so, you know, sort of high-profile people like Piers Morgan or Louise Mensch or, you know, whoever. I mean, Owen's had this experience, so have I. I mean, they are shameless in how they move the goalposts and like Aaron Banks, you know, how they lie. You know, Aaron Banks will be calling journalists elite, and then you say to him, you own a diamond mine. <laughs> and he goes, well, someone has to. I mean, they are 
Utterly, utterly shameless. You look at Nigel Farage claiming he's there for the working man and then posing with Trump and having a party at the Ritz with the Barclay Brothers. And that's what this media is. And the left doesn't have that. You know, as much as we can complain about various left media, the left doesn't have that shamelessness. The left doesn't have that kind of we will make up lies in order to push our own agenda. And that's sort of, you know, it's worked in the right's favor. And is it fair to call an organization like Breitbart a fake news organization. That's not to say that everything that they produce is fake. but It's a it... propaganda machine. Right. I mean, it, to me, it's just a propaganda machine that peddles in prejudice. Um, and yes, it is fake news. You know, there's no fact checking there. There's no actual, you know, checks and balances on Breitbart. They don't care. You know, they just want to get sensationalism. It's very interesting what's happened to Breitbart because I was still living in America when the guy who, invent, who you know, the original Breitbart died. Yeah. And everyone thought that this would be over. And Steve Bannon took took it over and turned it into this so-called alt-right movement. Now, I have no time for the term alt-right. To me, it's just racist. Like, mm. why I don't understand why. To me, alt-right sounds like old racism in German. Like, I don't see why we're giving it some kind of funny euphemism. Well, it sounds trendy as well. Like, alt-right. Kind of cool. Alt-right. Yeah. Well, you're on the alt. You're alternative. Alternative music. Alternative right. I mean, but that is how they're being presented as kind of trendy. You know, they're talking about, like, you know, the new fascist haircut. And the Irish Times, did you see, they gave no. their readers, like, a vocabulary list. It was like a cheat sheet of alt-right phrases. So it is kind of being normalized now. Well, oh, sort of. I mean, I, I think they're going to have a real problem with ever normalizing Trump. I mean, you know, you don't want to give too much credence to like what happens at the Golden Globes, for God's sake. But you do see that people are pushing back against this. The fact is Donald Trump was elected with, what, 24% of the country at most? I mean, this is not a majority movement by any means. And people are speaking up against it, and they will continue to speak up against it. And um, we're coming to the end of the podcast, sadly. But um, I just wanted to ask you sort of one final uh, wrap-up question, which is, do you think, I mean, there's a worry that the, the media, and I don't really like that catch-all term, but the media as a whole is being seen as untrustworthy. Do you think that, you know, people are now just saying, well, you can't trust what you read, full stop? Well, yeah, they do that already, which is why they then turn to Breitbart. I mean, I find this so hilarious. It's like, you know, I've, this is a totally kind of separate point, but I've wrote a lot about the stupid clean eating fad for a long time and how people weren't trusting, you know, old nutritional guidelines. So instead they were trusting these random 25-year-olds on Instagram. And you see that now with the media. Like, we don't trust the media, therefore we're going to read any random crap we, re- we find on Facebook. So they just fill the vacuum with non sense. And yes, it is true. They don't trust the media. And yes, it's true. The media has made mistakes. Like Owen mentioned Hillsborough. You know, the Guardian's made mistakes in the past. You know, the Times has made mistakes. But by and large, it's generally right. Whereas Breitbart is just fake lies. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think, there's a distinction to be made because what we're seeing in terms of fake news, what my argument is, is it's not a new phenomenon. I do think much of the mainstream press has del- actually partly deliberately fostered you know, and encourage lies, as Richard Pepe, a former journalist at the Daily Star, for example, exposed there. He was told to say things which were not true about Muslims, which has encouraged massive divisions within our society. The difference now is we've got a massive escalation of it, which is pure propaganda in very polarised societies, which is actually intended to exacerbate those divisions, to widen them. And I think that's dangerous. It's dangerous for the future of democracy, a divided house you know, cannot stand and all the rest of it. And that's absolutely true. When you end up with democracies where you've got two groups, a large, two large chunks of the population who no longer trust or like each other or even are that happy coexisting with each other, then that obviously threatens the integrity of our societies. And the rise of overt fake news is something which is going to make that a lot worse. And it is a threat to our democracies, no question. 
Okay, well, on that cheerful note, I'd like to thank Hadley and Owen so much for coming on the podcast. It was really, really great to have you on. Thank you to everyone who listened. Thank you to our long-suffering producer, Jordan. Just a reminder that you can listen to us every week on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Acast. Don't forget to subscribe to us and do please rate us. If you can't wait till next week's episode, you can visit us at newsweek.com or pick up a copy of Newsweek. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.